The guest on this episode is Bobby Lee. I know him from Mad TV. Uh, John, you know him from the radio station? Yeah, we've had him on a bunch, a ton. And Scott, have you ever interacted with Bobby Lee before? I have not. All right, actor. Yeah, (laughs) actor, dancer. Um, He he bears his soul in this episode once again, which is what he tends to do all over the place, and you'll find out why. Roll it, Toledo. The Caliendo cast with Frank Caliendo, John Holmberg, Scott Long, and the rest of the Caliendo crew. It's the most important podcast in the history of Western civilization. Do you have anything else today? No, this is it. Karate class or teaching one? That's fucking racist. <laughs> why? Why? Because it's like, why, why can't it be like badminton? Because badminton would be bad, Batman playing badminton? <laughs> I don't know how you call it. How do you call it? How do you say it? Bad badminton? Oh shit, there he is. Dr. Ugly is in town. Woo! Hey, careful. He's real self-conscious about that nowadays, especially in cartoon form. Oh yeah, yeah. Look at his face. <laughs> oh my god. John, are you are you ready? Did you did you take your dump? What happened? Yeah, uh, I did. Are we ready? Yeah, we're Bobby yeah. was Bobby was early. Oh, god. Your shit. Let's do this. Bobby. Bobby, are you looking? He's not. He's not Look, even entertained. Give me a second. Okay, I'm ready. Right. <laughs> he missed oh, you. Shirt. No shirt. No shirt. I'll do no shirt too. I don't know. Oh, I snorted. I showed you. I told you. Shirt turn. No. Well, it's not going to be me because <laughs> we don't need this to be called the Gorilla Cast. That's what I'm talking about. Scott's here. Hey, Frank. Did you used to get guys that were like bears that would send you like? Uh, emails to say how hot you were when you were on I did when I was in Vegas there were some gay men that really wanted they wrote articles about me and there was pure love are you guys all it's it's Bobby Lee Kreischer what's happening why and your nipple rubber. I'm gonna put my shirt back on it's cold me too I'm yeah, freezing yeah. this is getting weird I just want to see if see that's why I'm not a not follower we were talking a little bit before you got here, John. You you got uh you got in the middle of a pee and realized it was a two. Oh, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't normal. Yeah, so I just thought, you know what? I'm going to take care of both of these right now. All right. So Bobby started to talk. Let's about, start. Go ahead. Yeah, we started. I oh, that's already started, man. The show just kind of goes and it just happens <laughs> and it's magical. Um, zero Six zero nipples. editing, but it always comes together fantastically. <laughs> So, Bobby, the first thing is I haven't seen you face-to-face for years. We, we joined Mad TV the same year, correct? Yeah, but you had a different uh, circumstance. I think you were I, – I had to audition like 92 times, and you were like, would you like to do the show? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of went in as magical. And, yeah, uh, but you had different rules. Like, you know, you had like different clauses. Like, you didn't have to be there on Fridays or – no, that was the second and third year. That was oh, I started what? working on that. The first year, I had 15 episodes the first year because they were so cheap, they wouldn't give you a full season. And yeah. I think you had maybe three or five. Was that something? Yeah, I know. I started with four. And then, like, I remember you joined. They're like, oh, he has 15? What the fuck? And then, <laughs> um, and then once I – I mean, we, all, we already knew what your skill set was. Like, you're just a talented – you're just born with this just God-given talent. And I was always so intimidated by you, like, because I don't not really know how to do impressions or 
I don't have that kind of skill set. I, I don't even know how I got on the show, but um, you know, that's why um, I was a little intimidated by you. And then your ping pong, your ping pong is so good. No, you're getting way ahead. You're getting way ahead because the the, the beginning of uh, and it is, but the beginning of Mad TV was interesting because everybody it, people don't realize what that's like. It's not Saturday Night Live ish where everybody's fighting each other, but it is this weird. Um, thing where you're fighting to get more of your own episodes on the show. So yeah. you get that first four or whatever, and then they don't tell you right away, eh, we're going to pick you up for another six. Mm-hmm. They, let, they let you just sit there and wonder. I was under the impression that I was going to get 15 episodes, and then if I did well, I would get the back 10 or whatever uh-huh. it was, back seven. Yeah. And then I got to 15 episodes and they're like, um, yeah, we're, uh, we're just going to hold you out of a few. Then they were cutting me out of episodes so they didn't have to pay me and stuff yeah. that I was in. And there would be sketches where there were pieces missing. And I was a, a, an important cog, just maybe a few words, but I, I carried the story. But it just wouldn't make sense because they would cut me out and, and flash <laughs> to something else. Yeah. Yeah, it was, that was a brutal time for me because I, you know, I had, got, I had been sober for 12 years and I relapsed early on because um, I can't tell you who, but somebody on the show who was high up um, just said to me that I just don't think that you're right for the show and that... Um, let's play, let's guess, David Saul. <laughs> no, 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 I don't want to oh, get in okay. trouble. It was, okay, uh, go ahead, go ahead. Rita, 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 Rita the accountant lady. <laughs> no, uh, you know what, you want to play this game? I don't give a fuck, it's been fucking 25 years. I'm going to play yeah. the game, give me the names, and then I'll, I will, oh. I'm not going to say yes or no, but Scott I'll- Scott Seitz, Scott Seitz. No, you'll know by my face, go ahead. Um, I'm trying to think of all the names I've tried to block. Yeah, they're more of, of a creative producer, like more of a writer producer. Uh, Scott King. There it is. Uh, was that it? You'll know, that? you'll know. Um, Bruce, uh, D- Dick Blasucci. Um, Quincy, Quincy Jones. Somebody Google who, <laughs> I, I'm trying to figure out who it was. Yeah, um, you'll never know because if you don't say the name, you'll never know. Uh, Toledo, start going through producers on Mad TV. Uh, I'm trying, I how, how about this, how about this? How about, you know what? Ah, oh, fuck. We'll go Just back. We'll go back to it. We'll come back to it. Okay, yeah, because it's really boring right now. Just yeah, say it. You're great killing. idea, and I was excited, and then oh. it just never worked. Yeah. Uh, All right. I'll, uh, it's not that, uh, he's, I'll tell you who it is. I've never said this out loud. Yeah. And, I, it, and also, I want to say this. this is he, he's one of the Raped you. Ones. What? He raped you. Yeah, he stuck my. He stuck my. Just uh, add on, Bobby. Add on. Make this the worst <laughs> confession of all time. No, he um, started writing for me a lot later on the live, at, later in the show, and um, um, but he just didn't like. A lot of people didn't like me back then. In the beginning, well, you were not good at the beginning, Bobby. You, you weren't. <laughs> and I don't. I don't mean that as being. T- it's all, honestly, you you struggled at the beginning. You struggled a lot, and I remember table reads. I don't know if you got nervous or what. What would happen is when you'd have lines, things would just fall apart. And then they'd put you on screen and you would crush. 
So it didn't matter what you did. You just come on, you'd say almost nothing. And all of a sudden there'd be applause breaks from gang members in the audience. Like I've never <laughs> been so excited to see somebody this way because you just came in, you were, a, you were an, a, an atom bomb. You just exploded and I don't know what it was. Okay. Bruce McCoy. What? Bruce McCoy. No. <laughs> no. Michael Hitchcock. No. Brian Adams. God damn it. I have Wrong to know Brian Adams. Brian Adams Brian. is great. And a great, a great guy. So let me, I'll tell you what it was. Jamal. I had never really taken an acting class. That was apparent. <laughs> I hadn't either. I struggled too. It's all come on. Okay. I, and then um, also I, <laughs> I was so nervous yeah. and scared. And I knew that I was, I'm not, I'm more of a performer than a writer. Mm -hmm. Although later in the show, I was able to come up with stuff that worked for me, but to find my own voice, but I just was so scared. And because I knew that there were certain creative people on the show that didn't really like me, right? I felt desperate. And um, as soon as I relapsed and I, we went on with the show, I just literally didn't want to be there anymore. You know? well, I remember episodes where we couldn't find you, right? We would be out on location and nobody would know where you were and people were like, is Bobby, is Bobby, is he off the wagon, no, on the what? wagon? Who knows? And I didn't, I didn't even understand what was going on because I was too much of an idiot and really <laughs> narcissistic, but yeah. I wasn't worried. But I was thinking, what's going on? He's just not here. I don't, I don't know. This is odd. I just thought you were a jerk. No one, <laughs> no, one time at a table read, I, I, I um, was in Tijuana. <laughs> I, I really was. I was dumb. I had, oh, wait, I had, how did you get there? How did you get to Tijuana? Did you know you were there? Well, I, well, I, was, I was trying to get pills. So I was, you know, when, I went the day before because I used to spend the night in Tijuana and I, I used to um, have sex with prostitutes. And then, um, and then I would um, go get um, a bunch of Valiums and I would drink. Wait, Valium or Valium? <laughs> Whatever it is, Valium. <laughs> you value value may be a mexican prostitute Let him say how do you say it how do you say it <laughs> valium valium so then one time i was like i i woke up in this hotel room and i remember getting like 30 messages from producers and my agent and everybody going where are you you're supposed to be at fox or at hollywood center studios doing a table read and I just was, I was in a blackout, you know what I mean? So it's like, that's what, that's where I was back then, you know, it was really- hey, When you guys got there at the same time, was there any other stand-up co comedians as part of this group? Or was everyone else like a groundling except for you two? And I think they, I think they picked from the groundlings. Like they wanted groundlings more than anything else. Like I think Saturday Night Live felt more second city-ish, mm -hmm. although they would pull from the groundlings as well. But I felt that Mad TV had almost no interest in, in grabbing stand-ups. I felt like it was right. they weren't even looking for that. Because one thing about improv performers that's better than the stand-up performers for that, they've already done it. They've already worked those muscles that are totally different than doing stand-up in that situation. Yeah. I mean, the way I got the show was um, a miracle. It was, so my manager um, managed Lauren Dombrowski. Who was a writer-producer. He was a writer-producer on the Who show. Who did or did not like you. She loved me. Okay, she loved you. I mean, Good. she, she oh. loved me when I got me sober. 
Okay. Yeah. So, um, Lauren, uh, we called, she called Lauren and said, Hey, I have a client who's a stand up. <laughs> and, and you thought she was Lauren Michaels, right? <laughs> <laughs> and you thought you're on Saturday night live. At the time. I, I had no idea. You know what I mean? Okay. Can we get you sober? <laughs> yeah. So Lauren, um, goes, uh, we're not looking for, um, we, we want Karen Killam. That's who they wanted at the time. Okay. Young. He was dating Amanda Bynes. Amanda Bynes. He was like 18 years old or something. Like young. That. And um, so, but Lauren goes, he can audition just to practice, I guess, because I'd never really auditioned for a show like that before. Mm -hmm. So I went in there thinking um, that I'm just going to go in there and um, just do this audition. But then what happened was, the casting director, Nicole Garcia, she, she, I wrote some stuff up and she just kind of went, you know, 90% of that was really bad, but that thing that you did was really good. Mm -hmm. That 10% thing. And so then he goes, she goes, come back next week and then we'll just see, you know, come up with something else. So I went, would go back the next week and then come up with something else. And she would be like, you know, that was good. And for some reason, she just kept calling me back. I went in like, honestly, like eight or nine times. But then by the ninth, eighth or ninth time, there was like more people in the room. And I was like, what the fuck? Am I going to get this? Like, I, it, was, <laughs> it was a fucking fluke. You know, and, and so when I got the show, I was just like, I don't understand why I'm on the show because I don't, I don't, I don't have the skill set. So you don't even know what you're going to do on the show at that point. You're like, I don't, I don't know how I fit in here. And then when somebody says to you, you don't fit in here, that just, that goes right into your own thinking. Oh my God. It was devastating. I mean, it was, it felt like my dad died in August and um, it felt um, that bad. Wow. This yeah. August, he passed away this August, not back yeah, then. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, did, did he die of the coronavirus? Oh, was he the first patient is what Scott asked <laughs> You son of a bitch. <laughs> no, 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 no. Bird flu, cars, and AIDS, buddy. Look, oh I know God. Koreans hate Chinese. So they're much more racist about the Chinese Koreans are than even Americans. Am I not right or am I wrong? Where do you stand on that, Bobby? First of well, all, Bobby's an American. Bobby, you're American. Well, well I know. Frank, I, well but, they don't, but, but people don't judge you as an American, even though you grew up in America. Like if you Wikipedia Bobby and say, what's your nationality? Let's just say I did that. It, <laughs> it said American. It says American from San Diego. How yeah, much yeah. more American is that, right? Yeah, I mean, my dad, okay, I, I have to be honest. Um, Koreans are fucking racist as fuck. And, oh, uh, yeah. I find that, was, that about all, almost all I have friends that are Indian I play table tennis with. Yeah. And they're like, oh, we're all racist. We hate yeah. everybody else. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like that honesty is not out there. Like it's all put on white people. A lot of white people are definitely racist. Um, yeah. But the, it, like, it seems like all cultures are basically racist against everybody. Yes. Not them anyways. Yeah. My dad... <laughs> My dad made me a list of the hundred best uh, ethnicities, you know, from one. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, he did. Where's his book? <laughs> I, I, I should write it down. And I think number, number one was Korean. And then it went like Japanese. And then yeah. it went snake. Which <laughs> cockroaches, right? Then Mexicans. And then after the list, like, it was a list of a hundred. I go, dad, where's black people? And she goes, you know, he goes. Uh, I don't, uh, he, they weren't even on it. So um, not, uh, they didn't crack the top 100. Yeah, they didn't crack the 100. Oh, that's but, um, amazing. Yeah, so you know, my dad, I think my parents were more racist toward um, the jungle Asians. 
Ah. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> did you just? Or did you just take a bite of secretly? Yeah. A protein bar. That's a hidden. Yeah, you can go. You don't go yeah. off the screen and then come yeah, back. Yeah, you're fine to eat pro protein bars. Whatever you want, eat on camera. We we want to see. Bat, unless right. it's a goddamn bat, like yeah. yeah. So it's not. It, as long as it's not a, a granola bar from a wet market, we're okay. With that. <laughs> I can't get past that we we skipped right over the fact that during table reads, Bobby was with prostitutes in Tijuana. I want to well, know more of that. Yeah, I wanted to get back to that. Yeah, uh, circle back. Because your audition, when Dino Stamopoulos, is that a guy that hated you? No. Ah, come on. I'm running down all the lists of people on the thing. You're almost uh, there. But you were oh, it's getting alphabetically closer. But yeah, you go down for prostitutes in Tijuana. What's wrong with prostitutes in Los Angeles? Well, I mean, at the time, it's like, if you get wanted a prostitute in Los Angeles, it would probably cost you like six hundred dollars, right? Like, the right. Right. But nice you could get a cheap one. No, but I, you know, I mean, my level, you know, I mean, I mean, I, you know, I'm very specific. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, I do. I like hot chicks. So, but in Tijuana, it would be like eighty dollars. Oh, okay. For something yeah. decent in your eyes. Also, I want to say this is that I, I'm kind of. I think I was an incel. Okay. Right, so I was kind of unfuckable before doing stand-up at the age of 23. So when I was 17 years old is when I started going to Tijuana and getting prostitutes because I always thought to myself that nobody finds me attractive and nobody wants to have sex with me. So I, I, I resorted to that. So that was just a part of my lifestyle at the time. I mean... When I did stand up, it got much better, but then it was, it was also kind of an addiction too. So, um, you know, um, obviously I haven't had one in many, many, many years. Yeah. Were you a violent incel? Were you close to a manifesto and a chat with the law? No, I wasn't Elliot Rogers, but, um, <laughs> um, but I'm a big fan of his work. I hate that guy. <laughs> I hate him. He's a bad guy, but no, I didn't know manifesto, but I always felt like um, angry, you know, just an angry kind of weird little Korean guy in San Diego that like had a lot of resentment toward women. And, you know, I was molested when, yeah, I've told you this before. That was oh, yeah. Yeah. At, oh, you know, have you. Very and young. So I think just because of my How many dad, times have you told that story, though, that we're going to skip over because you, but I've heard you on different things telling the story about your childhood and. Have you had to tell that? Do people always want you to tell that story? And you can go, I think you were just on Michael Rosenbaum's and talked about that as well. And even you talked about it with us back when we had the Podfathers years and years ago. Yeah. Is that one of the things people always want you to talk about? Yeah. Okay. Go so, I'm sorry. Just wondering that. that was <laughs> yeah. You want to talk about it now? Here's a new, another revelation that I've had that um, I've slowly been honest about is, is that even as a little kid, I would just suck my friend's dicks. Finally, you and Frank have something in common. <laughs> it's been so long. Like that's Frank didn't want to come in on Fridays at Mad TV for that very reason. He was tired of seeing yeah. it. I mean, there was a, there was a kid at school that would like we'd be at a party and he would go, "Come here and suck my dick," and I would like go behind a bush and suck his dick. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I was just, I was just a, like I had a, a, also I was on drugs as well. So you so have that's, to, how, that's why. No, that's not why. I think that um, along with. You know, I don't know if you know this, but my dad was um, made a list of the best cocksuckers. <laughs> <in the world. laughs> 
Did you make it? Did you make that list? Yeah, you weren't in the top 100. Actually, a black guy beat Bobby, which is amazing <laughs> for Sandra right there. No, I, I want to say something because I haven't I haven't told you this yet, Frank. And this okay. is I want to. This is I'm glad we're talking about this. Yeah, the answer is no. <laughs> is, is my father? <laughs> you can't. My father. Um, ever since I was a little kid, he used to beat us with like golf clubs and stuff. Like oh, I remember um, one time when I was like seven years. What old. club was it? Can I can I ask? I mean, was it the putter? <laughs> the putter. Was yes. It, was it driver? <laughs> good flat face one that's a good i like that <laughs> so um i remember when i was seven my um mom ran into my room at like two or three in the morning and she opened her mouth and all her teeth were missing and she oh. was crying oh God. and then i remember my brother and i and my mom um barricading the door because my dad was coming in because he was in a drunken rage and um he beat the shit out of us and that was something that happened all the time so you have, to, you have to think that with that kind of trauma and then also being molested and then also doing drugs. I mean, I did drugs because of the trauma and to, because I didn't want to feel anymore because I, I was such a miserable kid. Well, it starts to make a, a, I feel like Dr. Bill, it starts to make a lot of sense why you became who you are. It also <laughs> explains that haircut. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> And I always used, um, you know, I could have become like my dad, a rageaholic, and, but what I never wanted to become like him, although I did, you know, drink like he did. But, um, but I, so I always used humor as a defense mechanism. And I think that that was, um, without humor and comedy, I think I would have been dead a long time ago. Because it was- Bobby, I, I just want to say, this is almost exactly my life. Uh, <laughs> It is. It is. Simply. Oh no, no. The part about um, I would not be honest enough to admit that I sucked some guy's dick. I wouldn't go that far. But uh, I, I think you just said that. I think you just. Admitted. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe I've repressed it. But my dad was so abusive, and you know, would beat my mom and beat me, and and uh, we weren't rich enough to have golf clubs. That would have been the only difference. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't have that kind of money. <laughs> you know, to have golf clubs. So I hear this and I know comedy is the reason that I'm sane, um, you know, basically. And uh, so, and I never felt like connected until I probably went, got in college or something. So, and got away from my home. So did you feel like, when did you start doing standup? I started doing standup at 23 and, um, and it was weird the way it happened, I was just walking down the street, really, and I saw a sign at the comedy store in La Jolla, which is in San Diego, and it said, um, we need barbacks, like, we help wanted, we need barbacks or doormen. So I just knocked on the door during the day, and this guy named Fred Burns, who was the manager at the time, he said, what do you want? And I go, hey, I'm job. I'm <laughs> here <laughs> <laughs> job and I just started barbacking at a um, comedy club and then I think that I mean subconsciously and I, I had thought about it comedy but I was way too afraid to do it but one time I was Wait, at that's what you were afraid to do <laughs> yeah. now the fear sets in <laughs> yeah Why couldn't you be afraid on so many other things <laughs> <laughs> well you know he wasn't going to be a caddy <laughs> yeah hey bobby this is a total side note but I, maybe you guys talked about it before but i want to do a sketch right now of you as margaret cho exotic 
<laughs> that is perfect. I will not. I fucking will not. That was a very funny joke, though. Thank you. Because um, I am her. Oh, no. <laughs> um, so, um, what was that? so that's how I did stand-up. But here's the thing, uh, dude, is, is that... How, how, you wait, before you go on, were you, how good were you to st- when you first started stand-up? As opposed to you had difficulty at Mad TV, how good were you at stand-up? Was that natural to you, or did it take a little bit of time? No, I mean, I, 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 I started at 23, and then by the time I was 29, I did Jay Leno. Wow. Yeah, so in, in that, you know, pretty quick i guess from sandy I, I, not knowing i started it. at 25 and by 26 i was on comedy central so. <laughs> <laughs> and do we have to clarify what you mean by did jay leno because the whole story <laughs> hey bobby hey bobby come over here in the green room for a second i gotta say uh, have you ever played uh margaret cho erotic have you ever done that have you ever done that? yeah try that huh hey you know what i really like i think uh, i want to give you a middle part how's that huh hey. How do you think I got this little skunk thing going through my head? <laughs> no, I mean, you know, I don't know if I was good in the beginning, but here, the one thing I was was fearless. And then um, also, um, I don't know what it is. I, I guess um, I didn't know this about myself, but um, I, I was a little weird and different than all the, all the other people. And, um, you know, Holly Shore and Carlos Mencia, those are the two guys that I, they saw me in the, within my first two years of doing stand-up and they immediately basically said, can you open for me on the road? And so I just started opening for those two guys on the road in the, in the nine, late 90s, you know? So that's so that how- comes about like, hey, buddy, you no. want to come look at ladies for me? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was more like, dude, you're like uh, weird up there, dude. Like, I've never seen anybody <laughs> like you, dude. And that was kind of basically what it was. And then Carlos, I don't know why he liked me, but he did. And so um, I just started opening for both of those guys. And I got good because I was able to perform in front of two different kinds of crowds. It was Carlos had this like kind of gangbangy Mexican kind of a crowd. And then Paulie had like aloof stonery you know what i mean party type whites you know white people so it was like two different kinds of crowds that i learned in front of them but i wanted to, i want to get back to my dad and stuff and about sure. the uh, trauma is is that i don't know if you know this but in august when my dad died i relapsed oh, After, wow. yeah 17 years of sobriety and um what ended up happening was i lost so I, I was only smoking pot, but what happened was I couldn't eat and I couldn't sleep. And at the same time, I was doing a game show for CBS. It was like an athletic game show with me, Rob Gronkowski, and Venus Williams. Well, oh, yeah. And two oh, of yeah. those three makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why is Venus Williams on it? You're right, Frank. <laughs> a woman? What? What was it? Venus Gronk and it? What was it? <laughs> no, it's not out yet. It's coming out. It's basically oh. James. No, it's Cor- not. <laughs> it might not. Yeah, but James Corden produced the show called Game On. It was with Keegan was the host. Keegan Michael uh, Key. Yeah, Keegan Michael Key, and it was uh, Gronk and I versus Venus. You know, and another comic. 
Ian Carmel. And basically, we have a third guest every episode, and we compete in these elaborate physical um, games, you know what I mean, where you're climbing up like a wall or, you know what I mean? You're on so a- the, show, the show is called Let's Embarrass Bobby Lee. Yeah, it was fucking, but, uh, but here's the thing. I, I, I couldn't eat or sleep. Like, if I put food in my mouth, I would vomit it. And I thought I was dying because when my dad died, I didn't cry at all. Hmm. I was in the room when he died. And so I was like... Was this in Arizona or was this... Didn't he... Or where, does he, where did he live? He died in Arizona. And then as soon as he died, the next week, I had to shoot the show. Okay. Wow. Then, so then I, I... For a month, I was shooting the show and I was just high 24 hours a day not be able to eat or sleep. And then I had ideas of like, oh, I'm, I think I'm going to kill myself. Mm. Like I wanted to fucking kill myself. And, uh, and everyone was. They did, Bobby, did, did Gronk try to hook you up with Aaron Hernandez to help you <laughs> with this problem? <laughs> no, that, that, that's funny. Great documentary. But, uh, hey, but- by the way, by the way, in the, in terms of the, you know, CBS game show and stuff like that, I know it's tough a week later, but you do know that Brett Favre played a game the night his dad was there, right? <laughs> Yeah, that's right. He was great. He was really, yeah. Just so you know, I just, yeah. just there's just a difference between athletes and yeah. actors. And I'm not so sure uh, Brett <laughs> and his dad had the same relationship Bobby and his dad did. <laughs> right. Sounds, I think, I think actually Bobby different. may have had a better relationship with Brett Favre's father than he did his own. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. I'm, I, yeah. So, um, but so then I was like, I couldn't eat or not any of that. So then what happened was. I, I was started expressing these ideas of like in front of my girlfriend and stuff. Like I, I just don't want to live, you know. And, and you so, always have beautiful girlfriends, like way, yeah. way above you. Yeah. Like they're above even me. So <laughs> you, know, you always have like beautiful. Like everybody always goes, oh, Bobby doesn't know he's gay. And then you'll have a beautiful <laughs> lady next to you, and they'll be like, "This is the biggest falsehood." In the, <laughs> yeah. You know? Like See, I think, I think, I think Bobby, Bobby knows he's gay. The girlfriend doesn't. Yeah. 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 But when you know what? I, 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 re- go ahead. I was just going to say, Bobby, when I was doing my research on you, about 10 seconds in, I see this photo of Google Images, and I'm like, who the hell is this? And it's the name. What, what's, the, what's your lady's name? Kalila. Oh, my Lord. So then... <laughs> I just looked her up and spent like 10 minutes on her. At, and I, I don't really know much about you, but I know a lot about her. <laughs> and I'm a fan. I am a big fan. Wow. Yeah, she's upstairs right now. But here's Whoa. what happened. So I, 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 I went and saw a therapist. And, this, and then when the therapist asked me what's going on, and I talked about my dad and about the abuse, that once I left that therapy session, I was able to eat again. And then the next week I went back and then as the therapy went on, I was able to sleep and eat. And so I realized that there was a connection between my dad's physical abuse to me and the physical things that were going on with my body. And so I had to go to a place in Arizona. Did you recognize that yourself or did a therapist Uh, help you figure that out? The therapist did. Okay. But then what what made me recognize it though is, is that I couldn't believe that once I started talking about this trauma that I felt at least a little, a little lighter, you know? And so I, w- I went to a place in Arizona called PCS and um, I spent two weeks there 
doing hardcore therapy. It's trauma therapy. I do EMDR and do all the stuff. And so I got sober again there. And also I did, I'm doing heavy trauma therapy about my past. And it's been, my life has been night and day. I mean, I, it's, it was a, literally a lifesaver. So, Bobby, um, did, you and your, did you and your dad kind of have a reconciliation as an adult? Yeah. Was, you had a better relationship, obviously. After. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the last, tw- I mean, he did Matt TV. He was on like two or three sketches. Um, That's more than I was on for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was it like a Tiger Woods sketch? He had a golf club that could have sent you right out of the studio. <laughs> <laughs> and if they wouldn't have let you play Tiger Woods, they're yeah. like, we got somebody better for Tiger Woods. He was always there, uh, you know, during rehearsal going, we need somebody for Tiger's dad. I'll do it. Oh, God, Bobby's dad's here again. Just couldn't wait to get the clubs in. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, he, he did a, I did a pilot, too, for Comedy Central. He was in that. And then we would visit him, and it was like a completely different guy, you know, when he was older. But Did he ever apologize? Did he ever talk no, to No, he never did. Never. And, I, and I also pushed it down. So I just thought, you know, my dad's changed. You know, he was in the past. And, and I just never really even thought about it. But then when he died and I didn't, I was in the room and I didn't cry at all. I just stared at, his, I stared at him. I mean, he took his last breath and I just kind of looked and my brother and my mom were just wailing and, and, um, and your mom stayed issue. with him. What? Your mom stayed with him. Yeah. No kidding. Is that a cultural thing too? Do you think that's part of uh, it's pretty cultural? Yeah. My mom was, has been like a, um, in-house nurse for the last 15 years you know he oh, so was, she's a saint yeah i love my mom yeah she's amazing so um so yeah so now i have four and a half months of sobriety again and i'm doing these uh this deep trauma therapy every week and um so my life is kind of it's been a fucking crazy year man it's like yeah. from you know that to you know i was on a show last year it got canceled and then what was that show Splitting up together, it was with Jenna Fisher. It was okay, but um, but you've been doing a lot of. I mean, you've been the uh, the uh, Hawaii Five O, and you're getting some real. Sp- I mean, to, to think about that's the amazing thing to me. I go back to Mad TV and watching you at the beginning of Mad TV and going, "This guy is not going to be here another week." Um, <laughs> yeah. No, re- really, and a lot of us would talk about that. I mean, I, I'm sure other people, if they haven't, I'll let you know now. Uh, but people would be like, "What's?" what's going on with Bobby? It's like, he doesn't want, and you're, you're confirming that. Like he doesn't want to be here. You didn't, you Mm -hmm. you were, uh, you know, on substances, all sorts of stuff going on. You had a a home life, like people didn't know you weren't this open back then. It's amazing to hear you in different places now because you were, you were kind of, I don't know. People didn't know that much about you. I don't want to call you a mystery. I think I was probably more of a mystery than you were, but you had a a crazier past. I had a normal, pretty normal upbringing midwestern type of upbringing but you had all these uh, you know my dad I, I could i could hit a home run in a game and my dad would be like why didn't you hit two Th- that's the worst right. job for me i'm not getting yeah. beat by beaten by the bat afterward yeah <laughs> you think you think you have it bad until you hear um what some other people go through but th- at that time back at mad tv i remember people going i don't you know other people would say i don't know why he's here that because you would struggle so much in some of those table reads but then to see how much you've grown and you do, I mean, acting in actual real TV shows that I couldn't get. So it's, I look at that and go, wow, that's fantastic. Um, I wish I'd been beaten as a child. <laughs> <laughs> you should have blown more guys, Frank. Blowing guys is yeah. the answer. I should have yeah. been in Tijuana uh, yeah. with some hookers. 
and Bobby. And Bobby. Well, you, Bobby, Frank, what, do people, what do people say about Frank at Mad TV? Well, they're busy talking yeah. about you and you're not around. What had happened when Frank wasn't around? Because he was the aloof one in his own office, right? I think that um, we, because Frank is so talented that I think people, I think yeah. some people complained about, well, we know that he's great, but like, why does he get this specific? Because I remember you had to go not shoot on Fridays because you were able to go on the road. No, I got out of I got out of the show. I, I was able to get out of doing the show to do the NFL on Fox because Fox had a part of it. I just didn't want to be there. I wanted to, I wanted them to get rid of me, <laughs> yeah. but they wouldn't get rid of me. So they kept me on the show, and I was miserable. And I didn't really care who knew about it, but yeah. everybody knew because I just didn't talk to anybody. I yeah. showed up one year with a son, and people were like, "Wait a second, you you you, you have." who's this? It's like, my son, Joey. They're like, you had a baby? <laughs> like, yeah, the only person that knew was Jennifer Espinall, the makeup lady, because she's a witch and she figured it out mentally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that, that was the vibe. It was like, you know, well, you know, I think maybe some had maybe not resentment, but like, like, would be like, why does Frank get this kind of treatment? But other than that, um, you know, I always liked you, Frank. I think you and I have always... Oh yeah, a lot of fun. I mean, the other thing with the, the 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 thing with me getting out of episodes too is I I didn't I really did not want to be there. So I did everything in my power, and part of it was because they screwed me over the first year, and I held a grudge when they did that thing where they spread out the fifteen over the full year instead of yeah. doing like everybody else, where they did, would add more after you were done. Yeah. They made sure I didn't do the whole season, and then I was like, I got to figure out every way I can to not do this. And then when they wanted me to come back after my five years, I was like, well, I'll come back on two days a week. I'll do one rehearsal. And they wanted to do that. And I go, and I'll only do George Bush and no John Madden. And they're like, uh, <laughs> and they wanted me to do Madden too. And I was like, no, I, I, I don't want to do it. And I just eventually said, no, thanks. I was, I had it down to one day, full pay for one day. <laughs> it was almost a Daryl Hammond kind of deal. Yeah. I just didn't, it, you know, what they didn't even want me to do George W. Bush. They, they had everybody audition. I think even they tried you as George W. Bush before me. And you're like, I'm George W. Bush. You know what they made me do? When you were gone, I get a call. Hey, Bobby, Fox wants you to play John McCain. <laughs> I go, I go, I'm not going to play John McCain. And they go, why? Because my people tortured him. That's why he's <laughs> And then looking up online, look up Bobby Lee as John McCain. Oh, I've seen I it. I've seen it. it. That's, that is so much makeup. They, <laughs> I know. They nine, tried to, they tried to of makeup. They tried to de-Asian you, which I think <laughs> is, is more racist. Is that, is that white face? That's assimilation, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it was, man. It was crazy. How much did you outrageous? wish, when you look back, how much did you wish there was CGI back then? <laughs> oh, so much, so much. But you know what, Frank? I do, I do really miss, I, there are parts of me that really misses it. Yeah, I don't know. I do, man. Anything. I miss that <laughs> show. I miss being around those people. And, they were uh, great. They were great. They're great, great people. The people don't realize how many especially as they came in, Jordan, uh, Peel, Keegan-Michael Key, Ike Barinholtz, uh, some people that, it was funny because after Mad TV, right after Mad TV, nothing happens for people. When people do Mad TV, they, get, they go away for a little bit and you don't hear from them for quite a while. And there are people from Mad TV that are just as good, just as big as stars that are at uh, Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night Live just gets all the the credit and because it's live and it's it's the, the powerhouse of the network 
but people like Nicole Sullivan and all these talented people, Alex Borstein, it took years. And now there's like this growth of all the mad TV people who are kind of disappeared for a little while. And everybody is doing something, not everybody, I'm not, but most other people. Yeah, you are, dude, you're I, the king. Yeah, it's true. Um, <laughs> but there's, I mean, people doing lots of big, big things that didn't originally happen. Like even Brian Cal Brian Callen has been around forever. And yeah. now in the last few years, he's as big, if not bigger than anybody. He's in movies with major, major stars in yeah. scenes with them. Yeah, yeah. But I think what, what I've, I've thought about this before, and, you know, Matt TV's audience were kids. Right. Right. And what happened was we, when we left the show, the industry didn't want any of us. Right. Mm -hmm. But all those kids that were raised with, with us. Right. They all became, you know. Criminals. Business. Drug addicts. Mm -hmm. No, because I've done jobs like you, you think that like, I, you know, I do Magnum PI. Right. Not Hawaii Five-0. Oh, do sorry. And the, I, I didn't and the mean showrunner, I, I, one of the not showrunner, but they all look alike, Frank. Yeah. <laughs> but one of the, um, the guy, the, one of the producers, is a huge, was a huge Mad TV fan, you know. And when yeah. I, I do jobs all the time, and they go, "Oh, I grew up watching you," you know. So it's like those people, kids that you know that loved us growing up, you know, we're a part of their lives. They're now in positions of power. I think that has a lot to do with it, also. Yeah. You're still intimidated by me because you didn't correct me right away on the Hawaii Five-O. So I'm still proud to be. No, know, because out. people fucking say that all the time. I don't give a fuck, man. I don't give a fuck about it. Here's You're another. This is another actress who, uh, uh, Stephanie Weir, somebody tweeted this the other day. How was Stephanie <laughs> Weir? And you tweeted immediately, the best person on the show, but uh, maybe even by far. And she, she is incredible. Like Stephanie Weir would do stuff and you watch her and you go, I, I don't even know how she's doing. She's closing one eyelid halfway. Do that? <laughs> I know. He is so talented. She's the one person on the show that I just never had a relationship with. I don't think she once turned to me and said, uh, what do you watch on TV, Frank? And I was like, uh, law and order SVU. Uh, <laughs> it was like all these. And she goes, Oh, you have a death fetish too. Cool. And then she went on. <laughs> she said like two. So she did as well. Just wondering if I would watch all because I don't like watching comedy. I don't enjoy it. I don't, I don't either, know. I it, it feels like it's at work. So I like to watch acting and, and drama and interesting stuff in those ways. Yeah. Um, but, but she, I mean, obviously, Frank, you're super talented. And I, okay. I thought you got offended for a second, but no. you know, I, I said that um, because I wanted to like me still so bad. You want her to like you so much? Yeah, I really do. I want her for some reason, like, because, you know, Mike McDonald didn't like me at all for the first five years, right? Six years. In fact, we didn't become friends until the show was over. Well, he, okay, so I think that Michael probably looked at you and went, <clears throat> he's not at, like, I think he looked at me the same way and goes, he's not at this level. He's not a good actor. He shouldn't be like, I, I would never get written into a Michael McDonald sketch because, and I would always go, I'm not good enough. I just know. Do you, think that, do you think that's because when he's at the groundlings, he's looking at you and he's like, I know three people better and more. Prepared. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, yeah. They have friends, but, um, but Michael later on in life, just, you know, we became friends, have dinner and we, we would hang out and um, he, you know, he slowly became, he realized 
I guess, what my skill set is, you know, and then he was able to appreciate that, you know, and that's how we're friends. I mean, in fact, I'm friends with, um, I still talk to a lot of people. Uh, Jordan, you know, I, you know, I talked to him a couple days ago and I, I heard see- you were almost in us <laughs> <laughs> as the daughter. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> How amazing, though. It, I mean, it's like when he won the Oscar, I literally fucking cried, man. I mean, it was just like to come from because I remember when he had no furniture in his apartment. Right. He he would smoke pot 24 hours a day. He had really no girlfriend. He had no car. Right. And he was just like this kind of this high black guy that I knew from Mad TV is my friend. <laughs> you know I mean, and then for him to win that Oscar. It literally like, it's just like an alternate uh, reality almost. It was like, oh my God. I just started crying. was so happy for him. And so you cried when he won the Oscar, but your dad died. Nothing. Your priority. <laughs> yeah, because Gordon never beat me, man. Yeah. <laughs> he beat you to the Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, and even Ike, you know, seeing Ike, you know, in, in, in movies and stuff like that and, and the sh- TV shows, it makes me so proud. I don't really get envious of them i get envious of more snl people people i think why is that because i remember leaving mad and not getting anything like no interest from really anybody and then it's like when i would audition after mad tv it would be like a cattle call you know what i mean where i had to go to a lobby and there'd be like a thousand people there and then in my head, I'm like, I'm not going to get this fucking thing. Yeah. Do you guys think it was, do you think Mad TV actually made it harder to get yeah. stuff? I mean, I, I, I'm not going to say what casting director, but she was one of the biggest ones in the, in the country. She told my agent, like, you know, because my agent tells me everything. And, and she said, basically, like, he's from Mad. Like, he's not going to get this movie. Wow. You know what I mean? And you would get notes like that. And then it was just frustrating. But... I remember hearing, before you go, I remember hearing Mo Collins, they would always, who's fantastic, brilliant, and they'd always just call her a sketch actor. Yeah, she's the best. They would just call her a sketch actor from Mad TV and be like, no, she's she's incredible. She's insanely talented. In fact, she's one of the people that you watch a lot of these sketch actresses now, they're doing Mo Collins. They're, They're kind of doing but she started and she's, and she's kind of Carol Burnettish. So she, she's the bridge between Carol Burnett yeah. and um, Kristen Wiig and, and people like that. Like that was Mo Collins was that person before, but because she was mad TV, there was this uh, little stigma, stigma. Yeah. around her. And it, it was like, people can't get stuff. Sasso was always getting um, development deals. Yeah. But that was the other reason I got, I kind of got out of that. Now I pigeonhole myself into sports, which hurt me in a different way, but uh, mad TV for me was like, ah, this just seems they're playing this wrong the whole time. I'm sorry. I cut you up, but that just, no, you know. no, 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 that's Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much what it is. It's like, um, but you, Frank, I, I think, I mean, I don't know why you, you should come to LA more often. <laughs> So it's far, and there's a worse virus there. So I, I, I know, but I know, but I, mean, I just, just can't. But the thing is, is that you're a good actor yourself. I've gotten better. I wasn't that good back then. I've gotten. But look better. at the fuck. Look at me, dude. I'm, I fucking suck. <laughs> no, you're better. You're, I know I'm better, but it's like I had to learn, right? 
by doing it, right? Well, a big piece of it is learning how to audition because you have to get in front of the people and you just have to be, I'm a killer in a meeting. I destroy in a meeting yeah. because I can just, I can make fun of the executives. I don't care. It's hurt me at times, but I'll just say stuff to them. Like their friends are like, how's this guy talking to me? Give him something. But then I go to a casting director and I get kind of stiff and a little bit more wooden and I don't have fun. And if you don't have fun and, and you just have to do so many auditions, unless you've you know, done so much acting, and that's part of the podcast. The reason I do the podcast is just get out there and talk and be more me. But you just get to that point where you're like, I don't give a shit anymore. And you go into the audition and you just go, eh, if I get it, if not. That's how I, I've gotten everything I've ever done is like, I don't care, whatever. They're like, what do you mean you don't care? Come back tomorrow. <laughs> we also got Bobby Lee coming in and he's really trying we're just going to make fun of him the whole time but what I what, 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 what's helped me though is, is that I used to go into auditions and live in the results mm -hmm. right so I would go if I don't do well here right I'm not going to get this right and that would always fuck me up and they don't tie together anyway shape they don't tie together you could kill it in there and not get it mm -hmm. and then you can be terrible in there and get it just, so what's, what's the role that brought you, that started you on a roll to get other things? What, what was, so after Mad TV, for many, many years, I couldn't even really even get an audition. And then, and then so I started having this PTSD from auditioning because I, I used to like... Wait a second. You're fine with the that stuff with your dad, but then <laughs> auditions... No, but what yeah, kept him up at night? He had to go out to the bushes and blow strangers to get back. To <laughs> no, but that would actually work in Hollywood. Can you say Bobby <laughs> Lee Weinstein? <laughs> but they're all related because, you know, whenever um, a, a stressful situation or a scary situation occurs, my body freezes. And it's hmm. all it all it's all connected to my dad. When my dad used to beat the shit out of us, I would freeze. It's fight or flight. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and or freeze and I would freeze that was my um defense mechanism right so when I when, when I would have a bad audition or when I felt weird in the room and I got scared I would clam up and freeze right but so what I had to realize is that I have to I have just to go in I have to go in because if I don't go in I'm not going to get anything right so you have to try mm -hmm. right and then one day I went in and you know the Russo brothers yeah <clears throat> well, the Russo brothers, um, they used to, you know, be sitcom guys. I don't know if you know that, but I, I, yeah, yeah, I didn't. they did community. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the Russo brothers had a show called Animal Practice they were doing. Oh. Yeah. And, um, they, you know, I got a call. The Russo brothers want to see you for this, uh, but they're going to see a thousand guys. And I go, I don't want to go in. I don't want to go. I'm not going to get it. I'm not going to get it. And just, I just, I don't know what happened. It's just, I went, Fuck it, you have to try it. So one morning, I showed up at Paramount. It was raining, and there was like a thousand people in the room. And I walked in, and I, for some reason or another, I just felt okay being in the room. And as soon as I said three things, Anthony Russo stopped me. And he said, stop. And I thought he was going to say, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> but he goes... Just stay there right there. He goes, he goes, do you want to do the show? And I go, yeah. And he goes, he picks up the phone and he calls the president of NBC in front of me. And he goes, hey, I want this kid, Bobby Lee. And, he, the, kid, and the guy goes, okay. And he hung up the phone and he goes, all right, you got it. 
<laughs> and I got you were I, really good on that. You were really good on that still. I thought <laughs> that still you. was pretty good. Fuck you. <laughs> you were. Fuck you. I, Scott you was good. the one who watched Animal Practice. So <laughs> yeah, but I remember the dude from Weeds, right? It was that dude from Weeds. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's great. And now yeah, you're going to be in th- in, in uh, the next Avengers. <laughs> yeah, it's a big jump. But you know what? You know, here's the thing: is is that because you know because of podcasting, and be- I'm now being seen for like big thing, like you know, these huge movies, like there was a like Aquaman or Mar- any Marvel movie or these movies. I I go in and read for these. Yeah, that's awesome. It, it's all because of the success of Tiger Belly. And bad friends, like you know, I, 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 there's a, it, there's been a new kind of resurgence, and um, it's because of this thing, you know, which which is kind of cool, you know. What I mean, I was able to buy this house, you know, I'm in a new house now because of podcasting, and you know, my road numbers are great, and you know, things. Um, how did you get? How did you start the podcast? Well, I was always good on, like, I figured out how to do, you know, even doing. Uh, this fucker's um, radio show or um, the names in the bottom left corner. Yeah, right? I know your name, but I don't, I refuse to memorize it. And, um, <laughs> you know, I, you that's know, okay, Kyla. Yeah. You know, what happened yeah. was years ago, I did Opie and Anthony. This is like 12 years ago. And when I walked in there, it was um, Greg Giraldo, Patrice O'Neill, and, oh. Norton, and I walked in there and they ripped me apart so badly that 10 minutes in, I just stood up and I left the fucking place, right? Wow. Because I was like, oh my God. So then the following year, I was playing Caroline's again. And th- it was a part of my itinerary to go into Opie and Anthony. And I said, I don't want to go in. And they said, you have to, your numbers are shit. So I, I decided to go in with guns a-blazing, right? And, and to reveal things about myself so that they couldn't make fun of me. And so I went in there and I just started ripping myself apart and kind of ripping them apart. And then that's how I was. And then it, it crushed it. And now is that how you started breaking out? And like, it's, I don't mean this is, it's going to come out totally wrong and hats half on purpose, but when you're on <laughs> podcasts and radio shows, it's almost like a therapy session and you're so authentic and real and you tell stuff. That's the first time that happened. Yes. Okay. I was just being, just to be honest and, and, and in there because it's like, you know, I was always trying to be somebody else or trying to be, you know, the, the, the image of a comedian. And I just kind of went, you know, just fucking just do what you do. Just be you. Who cares? Well, John talks about that all the time on the radio, yeah. like the guests. Yeah, the best guests in the world, and Bobby, you're one of them, is, is just somebody that comes in that's going to be themselves open book you never know what's going to happen but you know it's real you don't bring notes to do your new material yeah Uh, you're always funny and you're always like real and that's easy and you and i can go back and forth for 40 minutes in a blink of an eye and and you get it and those are the ones that you're like man that's just that you do my job for an hour because it's easy and none of it is forced and that's the key to being a good guest and I, I think that leads like that's the domino that gets you to the next five places is once you're comfortable being you, it's easy. Yeah. I mean, and also I have to give you a compliment. When I go to Arizona, you're yeah. the only show I want to do. You know, there's a, there's a lot of there's like maybe five or six places where I really look forward to going because I know that it's up my alley and you guys are like friends. I feel like awesome. you're my friend, you know, so who are uh, those other shows that you, you. like to do? 
I have to say, um, well, I, obviously I still do Opie and stuff. And then I do, um, when I go to, fuck his name, splits, but I, when I go to Cleveland, I go to a place. Rover? Rover. I love Rover. That's yeah, So much that you don't know his name. Good. <laughs> because you know, you know, Doogie and I, uh, <laughs> we had Bobby Lee in the other day. Yeah. And uh, yeah. he took off his shirt and his pants came off. And uh <laughs> Mikey Dirty Face enjoyed himself. Yeah. Like Rover is an, another one like, you know, like yeah. me, who's like one of the greatest guys. I like Paul too in Miami. You know Paul. Paul Castronova. Yeah, he's one of the best. So like, you know, I've developed, by doing the road, I've developed relationships with these radio stations. But, you do um, Randy Bauman? You do Bauman show? Yeah. 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 And so by doing that, I figured out what works best with, with for me. And then I just apply that to my podcast and it, it seemed to some, something clicked, you know, the kind of audience that I have now is completely different than the mad TV audience that I had, you know, no, Bobby, you just, you just made a list of your favorite radio shows. Were any of them black or are you still like your dad? That <laughs> <laughs> <At> face. <laughs> Not one black radio I, show, Bobby. I bet. I bet Bobby's dad's face looked just like that. <laughs> How many? He was angry, like he was going to take the club out. <laughs> no, that's not. That's not a fair question. I tell you. I'll tell you why. When you, <laughs> it wasn't a question. I know. I know. But when you're on the road, right? You, you know, it's it's like they they people set up radio interviews for you that think that the, the, you're. They think that. They don't think that my audience is black, so they don't yeah. book me in like. Do you know, it. What? Yeah, they don't do it. I I deal with those comedians all the time. They're like, man, they're taking me to this. They don't know me. They don't know anything, and they're they, they'll either place them in a situation they don't belong, or take them out of one they could do well in, yeah. just based on what they the, the parameters they've put on you. Hey, I've been brought into stations before that I just don't culturally match up with, and I don't even know they're saying hello to me. I don't. <laughs> Like I'm that lost. Oh, yeah. Great. Like I just, I just freeze and I can't do the thing where the white guy pretends to be cool and, and I can't do that. So I don't. So I just go, I'm, listen, guys are going to have to explain. And then they have kind of fun with that, but they yeah. only want to deal with me for so long because they know that, that I'm a lost soul. So they're like, <laughs> okay, you can, you know, I'll do a little thing and, and move on. But it's, it's a hip hop station. I just struggle at, I just always have. And I, I tried to make some efforts and realize, you know what? I'm faking it. I'm faking it to try and fit in here. So I won't. Because their style of humor on a lot of the stations, and they could be white guys. I'm not saying they, they just don't. Their timing is all different. Everything they're doing, and they'll be in the middle of a, a, you know, a bit, and they'll do, start doing a prank phone call during your bit. And you're like, I don't, <laughs> I don't, fit, in, I don't fit in here, JD. Yeah. You know? I did so, a show about um, maybe 11 or 10 years ago. And I still have nightmares about it. It was, it was, it was a show in um, San Jose, and it was with Chappelle, Cat Williams. Um, it was maybe 12 years ago, Carlos Mencia. But I remember following Leslie Jones, and it was in front of 20,000 people, and she got a standing ovation. And it was an urban room. And, <laughs> and when I went up there, I was supposed to do 20 minutes. I did 33 seconds. <laughs> And then I blacked out and all of a sudden I ended up backstage going, what the fuck happened? And they, they said, you ate it worse than we've ever seen anyone eat it. <laughs> and it was that traumatizing. It was like, um, I just remember people just going, Bo, fuck you. And, 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 I, 
I, I, I, like was, that? That doesn't. Yeah. Matter. What was your opening joke? How can someone hate you that fast? I don't know what it is. I think um, I, I let it get in my head because it was more like, in my head. I'm like, this is, you know, this, this is not your crowd. You know, I kind of, I maybe yeah. intimidated my own self. But then a, a week later, I had to do the same lineup somewhere else and I crushed it. That's weird. It was an Irvine. What are you eating? It's so weird how you eat. Like you're trying, <laughs> like it's like you're hoarding that. Like no one can have it. His hands don't do normal things. He eats like a like he's eating out of the garden. Like a gerbil. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> rotate. Frank, is what your number? daughter going to do stand-up? What was that? Is your daughter going to do comedy? I don't know. I think she could do sketch. I think she'd be a pretty yeah. good sketch, although she would pretty much feel like everybody else is beneath her. That might be a <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, put on your glasses again. Put on your glasses for a second, because I just wanted you to do the joke for the guys. Because oh. <laughs> when I bought these glasses, um, my girlfriend called me. We were in an elevator in Hawaii, and my girlfriend called me Robert, Robert Downey Syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. What is your, Bobby, what is your most normal childhood memory? When you think back of Bobby Lee as a kid, with all the trauma and stuff you open up, what's the first thing that comes to mind? You're like, that was pretty normal, and it's like a happy, great memory, or a good, great memory. I don't know. Nothing. I mean, I remember. Um, no, not not really. No. <laughs> you don't have a single one. I, 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 a big uh, being fucking honest with you, dude. Wow. I really don't have one. John, I got about two. Yeah, so I know. But I, usually, there's. Usually I got about two. So, no, I'm just, and you know, but Bobby had said. Frank, do you think your daughter would do stand-up? And stand-ups usually come from damaged places where Frank's like, yeah, she could probably do sketch. Sketch people seem so much more <laughs> grounded. Maybe that's why they call them the groundlings. I don't know. But it's one of these situations where, like, that's why I feel like on these sketch shows, there's never any darkness to them. There's no edge. Right. And I, the, the, my favorite Saturday Night Live period might be the years when Dana Carvey and David Spade and Chris Rock and Schneider and um, Norm McDonald, they're all there and they're all stand-ups. Yeah. And Adam Sandler. So they could work together and they could build that kind of comedy, whereas almost every Saturday Night Live hasn't had, that I know of, a real stand-up forever on their show. And when you guys were on Mad TV – you know, Frank had to be John Madden and you had to be Connie Chung. They wouldn't give you an actual character. Yeah. So, I mean, that's something that I feel is missing. That's why I think a lot of sitcoms suck because <laughs> they don't have stand-ups that give it some edge. It's all more play acting and comedy sportsy. And I know that comes from a biased bias, but I think that's also why podcast, are there any great, um, improv actors who have podcasts not that i know of it's comedians because yeah. we share truth well, yeah I, I think part of the comedians is we talk out at an audience and sketch actors talk to each other yeah and are part of the the yeah actors. sorry bobby you were going to say something well I, I remember um one memory i i was when i was in the seventh grade i got cast in the sound of music 
and <laughs> and I played Kurt, the one of the the middle one of Von Trapp kids. Yeah, one of Van Trapp Trap kids. And I remember, I remember, I remember. You know, so when Fraulein Maria is introducing, you know, we're meeting Fraulein Maria for the first time. You know how they all come down these steps, right? I remember when I left the kind of opening where the audience can see me, the place going crazy. Like people just started laughing, right? And going fucking out of their minds. And I remember walking down the stairs going, you know what I mean? I know they're laughing at me. You know? <laughs> Also, it's like, the, it became such a weird comedy because it's, I, I remember asking the director or whoever was doing it, like, can we change the line so you can justify why I'm there? Right, the adopted like, Von Trapp kid. Yeah, or, you know, yeah, I'm Kurt. I like to play in the sun or whatever. <laughs> you know, or I'm Kurt. I'm really high right now or whatever. You know what I mean? But, um, and so I remember every show looking forward to, walking out to get that laugh. So that was one memory, I guess. Oh, I also want to say this to you, Frank. Um, you know, I have a, I have, you know, I'm writing a show for CBS, right? I'm, you know, I, I didn't a, know, but I'm, in, I'm interested. I have a deal there and uh, in it. you win it. I know <laughs> it, you, you heard it's here first. I know a lot of Hollywood scumbags say to other people, you know, I mean, hey, I want you in my project, but I really, I love you, dude. And I, I think I know the right place for you on my show. Oh, all right. Yeah. Fucking come to LA, um, fucking innkeeper? Bitch. Innkeeper? No. A regular guy. Oh, I can, I can he, play. he wants you to play his dad in a, in a <laughs> Bobby, you suck on the road. <laughs> you got to come here, Frank. Come on, man. I'll be out there. We because gotta... if you come here, then you can do Tiger Belly. Yeah, I've been I, trying to. Our agent is. I know, but that's the wrong way to fucking do it. Just text me. I'm your friend. You for months you wouldn't text me back. You might have been doing it. There are many times where I've texted you and nothing comes back. That's I know, why I was so surprised. No, here's the thing. Okay, here's the thing. When I was in, when I went to that place in PCS, right? One of the things, one of my, because I'm like that with everyone. I used to be like that with everyone. But one of the um, agreements that I had were, were, were to be um, accountable, right? And to be present and mindful of other people's feelings. And so now when people text me, I text everyone back and I commute, communicate with everyone. And I'm, a, I'm trying to be a man of my word and be present. So, you know. Well, I, here's, the, here's the other side of that for me. This is why I always go through agents because uh, for people's shows, because sometimes people want to say no to you and it's easier for them through <laughs> like they'll say we don't want you on and it's easy i like to give them that out that the producer or the um the booker can say oh we can't fit it in here so the person doesn't have to feel like they have to put me on i just don't want to force Frank, you're my fucking friend why would i fucking not want you on the fucking show you're Frank Caliendo, you fucking son of a bitch. You called him Caliendi, I believe. <laughs> yeah, Cali. It's like Ari Spears talking about Ike. Yeah, Ike Baron Hots. No, Ike Baron Hots. <laughs> yeah, he's the one guy that I had a real falling out with, but I don't want to talk about it because... Let's get into oh, it. Oh, you just started talking about it. You, you can't to. do that. Yeah, you can't. You can't. No, I think, he, I think there's a, like a, he's going to kill me. <laughs> then we definitely need to get into no, 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 it. No, he, no, I mean murder. Yeah, that's what killing is. Aries, oh, Aries makes everyone feel that way, though, even like when he likes you. Because when he's on the show, I always feel like he hates me. At the end, he goes, man, that's the most fun I've had in a long time. Let's, let's, 
Let's yeah, practice, crazy. Bobby. Yeah, yo, this is Aries Spears. How you doing, Bobby Lee? <laughs> oh Bobby, my God. hey, Bobby. Bobby, yeah. close your eyes because I'm going to stab you in the head. <laughs> You're right. I want to kill you. <laughs> you want to listen to a good podcast of a guy being an open book. Aries and Andy Steinberg had their podcast for a while. I just had lunch with Andy a little while ago, and he said they had a falling out, but they had one last podcast to hash it out, and Aries starts crying. Really? It is unreal. Like it's, it, if you feel like you're eavesdropping, it's incredible. Aries is one of the most talented people I've ever met, but he yeah. has, he's made no effort and he's had a chip on his shoulder. And I tell him that every time I talk to him, I go, you're brilliant, dude, but you just, you, you got mad about everything. You, you can't get angry. Well, that's what Andy going. said. His, his co-host said, you've had everything handed to you since you were 16 years old. You've never had to try. And, and it's been, it's backfiring on you right now. And he, they go, it's like this eye opening. Like he goes, all right, wow. you want to talk about it? We'll talk about it. What did he, what did you do to him, Bobby? Well, so when I, when I was on mad with TV with him for the first three years, I was on the show. He wouldn't even look at me. Not even hello. It was just like, almost as if I wasn't even in the fucking room, you know? And then after the third year, he came up to me and goes, I think I can talk to you now. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Fuck you. You know what I mean? But then, you know, so we would have like, hello, kind of a relationship. And then I didn't see him for many years. And I think, re as, and, I, and I would talk shit behind his back on radio shows. and say, <laughs> <laughs> might, might have. That's why I want to stab him. <laughs> I heard what he said on Rover. I'm not making up lies. I'm just being honest. I'm, I'm you know, he, he wasn't, you know, he was not a pleasant person to be around. He's yeah. tough. Some, he's very, and he's very, he was tough toward me. And um, I don't give a fuck. That's yeah. he, would, he would actually text me, Frank, how you making all this money, man? I'd be like, <laughs> I'm up at four in the morning going to do radio. Yeah. And he goes, but how else? No, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting up and doing every radio station in the, on the East coast yeah. to sell the tickets, but there's gotta be something else. So, no. Yeah. yeah. So a year ago he asked me, um, yo man, can I get on tag belly? And I go, no, absolutely not. And then, and oh, no, 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 it started before, no, before that, this is what, before that, you remember we did that Mad TV reunion? Uh, I, I refuse to be a part of it. Okay, there was a new <laughs> Mad TV show, right? And so some of us did it. Ike and I did a sketch. How bad and, was and it? Aries, and so one day I was there with Aries, and he goes, yo, man, come over here. And I'm like, what the fuck? And he played me back radio shows that I talk shit behind his back. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Edited oh, together like, like, like a, a produced piece. Oh, no, this is Aries Spears introducing Bobby Lee and his bullshit. Yeah. And I, I hate Bobby Lee, right? And I had never, I had never like, that was like, so he was so confrontational and also we're in makeup. <laughs> Who were you? Who were you? I, I, I was playing um, blind Kung Fu master. <laughs> You know, I had this like, you know, wig cap on and this like, you know, Japanese robe. And who is he, Mandela? Tell me, please. <laughs> I don't know. And then he, was just like, he was playing it back and I just, I couldn't leave. You know, you can't leave. So it's just like, I had to like absorb. He's like, why do why you like that? And I'm like, I'm just being, anyways, I'm sorry. I just, I'm just completely honest, you know? And then. And then um, he asked to do the podcast, and I said, no. And then apparently um, people have told me that he wants to hurt me. Wow. So that's we'll find it. somebody to defend you, because I won't. But we could find somebody. 
I don't. Well, I don't. How really, big? How big is there? How big is is Mr. Spears? Like, is he six feet tall? What What is he? He's an intimidating what presence without great size. Yeah. Six, no, I know, but he's a big guy. He's big. When you're like Bobby's size, the only way you can talk trash about somebody is behind their back. You can't say it to their face because they're gonna beat the shit out of you. So a big guy will always go, "How oh, you know that dude talks behind my back?" Yeah, that's the only safety someone <laughs> like Bobby has. I mean, am yeah. I off on this? It's just, yeah, it's a survival. I mean, yeah. Survival, yeah. I talk shit behind me because I, I'll get crushed. But um. <laughs> but were you really talking shit, or were you just being you were being honest, and that's part of your therapy and how you're supposed to go about things, or is it a little bit of both? I mean, I could, I, I, I there, there, I can restrain myself and not bring his name up, or you know, or add on to a conversation when being asked, you know. But like, oh, Terry Spears, like change his name slightly, <laughs> Terry Sears. Yeah, but you know, I talk about you know <laughs> he, you know, that he never really had a day job. You know, at 16, he did Def Jam. He, he, he got Mad TV at, what, 20 years old? Well, he'd already been on uh, that Glenn Fry TV show. It was making like $75,000 a year. Yeah. So so I'm he, sorry, $75,000 an episode or $50,000 an episode or something. Yeah. So it's like I, you know, had worked construction and waited tables for years, worked at coffee shops. And I, you know, I... I, you know, I know what it's like to be out there working, you know, and he, he was handed everything. And so I think that, um, you know, I just, we just are two people that have two different kinds of ideologies and personalities that don't really. By the way, before you finish Toledo, after the show, send this to Aries Spears. Immediately. <laughs> Immediately. Don't worry about it. We've I've already Aries, clipped the parts Aries. out and I've already sent them over. So expect a response soon. <laughs> We're going to have real lifetime Aries yeah. Spears in the show. If I could just find his number because he changes his phone number so much, I would. Uh, you know what, dude? If you, got, if you could get Aries to do this, I might be able to do it. <laughs> With him? You want yeah, to hash it out? Maybe we could hash it out on here. Yeah. You might like text him. All right. no, no, he'll never be able to figure don't, 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 don't text him now. Let me think about it. Let me think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, he changes his phone number so often. Like, I'll get yeah. a new, like, every six months. I don't know if he's running from somebody or what. But like, yeah, this is Aries Spears, and I got a new phone number. <laughs> now. Yeah, yeah. Or so how long do we do this for? Because I got to go eat lunch. Oh, we're good. We're good. We were finished. But we stopped recording like half an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> but no, hey guys but frank honestly I, this is the honest truth whenever you fucking text me i'll text you back i love you man i really do what about the other guys because i gave them your number two so yeah any of you guys if you guys ever need anything just call me you guys are, you know, we're friends come on man texting now <laughs> all right bobby well get your lunch uh this was awesome you are an open book it it, it makes it uh, a lot of fun i think uh You'll make some new friends, and you'll definitely have an enemy that's finding you after this show. And 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 I swear <laughs> to God, Frank, next time you're in LA, I will fucking move people for to have you on. But why you have the CBS show? Why do why can't you just give me the show? Like the like, why can't you be Anthony Russo yeah. of Korea and be like, hey, NBA, CBS, hey, CBS, that's Bobby Lee. Yes, I, I because, I, because in. I'm in it with like other sh there's other showrunners. Did you say schmucks? Showrunners. It's it's my deal, but you know what I mean. You have other. No, it's awesome. I, I appreciate it. It is. I appreciate you even thinking of me. I, I would. I love you, man. 
Bye, guys. Bye, Bobby. Thank you. <laughs> Click. He's frozen. I thought he did. I thought he, he did the naked gun. It was the police squad. <laughs> Bye, guys. Thanks, Bobby. There's that. All Man. right. I guess Salehi missed a big portion of the beginning of the show. I don't know. We're going to need that. We need to do it. Uh, well, the first question is going to be who's Bobby Lee? Uh, yeah, like 45 yeah. minutes. Bring ago. him in. I think he's waiting. There you go. Fire him in. Can he just come in? He's in the Salehi? There he is. How, you, you, you missed a whole bunch, right? Yeah, unfortunately. What did you, what did you get? Because I didn't see you at the beginning. So what did you uh, – were there any references and things that you needed to explain to you? Um, it, the guy he had, a, he had beef with, I had never heard of. Harry Spears. Yeah, Harry Spears. Yeah, you just broke Harry Spears' heart. It sounds like we've done that throughout this show. So. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. Was there anything else? There was just kind of nothing. That was, that was really it. I've actually have heard of him uh, from like uh, Pineapple Express uh-huh. uh, and, and movies like that. Uh, but, you know, it was really just Harry Spears was, at least from what I was. Are you calling him Harry's Harry Spears? Spears? That's better. That's better. Is it? <laughs> yes, exactly. That's yeah. It's one of the guys <laughs> from uh, One Dimension, I think, is who Sean yeah. said. Harry Spears. Sean, are you a pothead? Are you a smoker? No. Oh, okay. Pineapple Express being how you know people yeah. made me one. It's just a funny movie. It is, but yeah. It's are, you extra a, funny. Nope. are you a pineapple head? <laughs> <laughs> I can enjoy a nice pineapple.